welcome back to Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio. I'm Max Cohn, my partners Nathan Verstappel and Murphy Corning. We're here live from the Hyatt downtown here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, in our hotel room 609. We're here back after for some post-game coverage of Ohio State versus Minnesota. During the game, it would have been pretty hard to get a post-game coverage going given that it was downpouring where we were set up for our equipment. But we were going to bring to you some post-game coverage of tonight's matchup here live from our hotel room. And moving forward for other football games we're going to have throughout the season, we're going to make sure we get a post-game coverage. We're going to call this little segment something along the lines of Scarlet and Gray Sports Recap. So that's something we're going to go with. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what occurred in the game and just some trends and things we'll be seeing moving forward. Yeah, I mean... This is way more comfortable surroundings than than our our booth in in Minneapolis because man it, it was raining it was windy like like my, my papers my spot charts like a wet napkin right now I mean it was yeah that was it was fun it was not fun at the same time but no seriously it, it was a great time there at Huntington Bank Stadium and, and the crowd was electric lower deck was on its feet the whole game it was a good football game I had a good time tonight. Yeah, after that cold bus for getting them ready for a Minnesota Classic, some wild rice soup. Um, can't quite get that down in Columbus, but it's very good, don't you know? Well, it is great to actually be inside. It is still downpouring here in Minneapolis, so it's great to be indoors in this space where we can talk a little bit about what occurred tonight in Ohio State. The number fourth ranked team in the country picked up 45-31 win over Coach Flex, Minnesota Golden Gophers. Ohio State was the 14-point favorite coming into the game, and they won by exactly 14 points. So if you bet on the game, uh, which we you know don't condone or anything, it's not legal in Ohio. We're not going to talk about betting, but uh, that pushed. So depending on which state you're in. Depending on which state you're in. If you're listening live from Illinois, where I'm from, uh, yeah, you probably you pushed. Or even Michigan. Yeah, or, yeah or, <laughs> that team up north, yeah. But it, it pushed. <laughs> so uh, congrats to all people out there who you bet on the game, get your money back. Good job. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about what we saw today out of Ohio State offense. I want to talk a little bit about what I saw, especially out of CJ. In the game, his stats show he was 13 and 23 yards and four touchdowns, the pass rating of 222.3. He also did throw that interception. It was a pretty bad interception, but nonetheless, only one turnover in the game out of him. He did have the benefit of throwing to Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, who had nine combined catches out of his 13. In the game, and they combined through the air for 197 yards and three touchdowns, both of which having a touchdown over 50 yards in the game as well. As you remember, Garrett Wilson had a 56-yard touchdown, and Chris Olave going his way down the sideline had a 61-yard touchdown. It made me question why he even came back because he's so much better than everyone every time he stepped on the field. So Ohio State really spreading the ball out. CJ Stroud his first live action in three years stepping out into the football field, performing pretty well, all things considered. And Ohio State putting 45 points on the board, 38 of which were from the offense, one of which was from the defense. So, um, just some things you can really be happy about, especially out of a guy like C.J. Stroud, a young guy coming in there. I mean, I have to do a bit about C.J. Stroud. I mean, he had the typical growing pains that every quarterback making their first start has, but he, he really turned it around in the second half. In the first half, I thought he was a little jumpy, which you can expect. He, Overthrew the ball on a couple throws there, but he really settled in in the second half. And great debut for CJ Stroud. Yeah, I was really, really impressed actually with his poise. 
Um, he seemed to be a great leader out the field, barking constantly to his offensive line, checking the sideline, going through the progressions. Um, he actually didn't look uh, that bad tonight. I know Coach Day was talking a little bit with him in the press conference, and especially before the game, he said that he uh, talked with him and said that he knew something bad was going to happen. And obviously, that did drill interception off the hands of Olave, um, but that's exactly what Ryan Day was referring to. Um, but he recovered from it. He went back, and uh, the next couple drives, they really hung her down and ended up scoring, um, putting himself in the lead, and ended up putting Minnesota away on that throw to Olave, where he tipped out the like, um, Really good to see out of the end of the quarterback. Yeah, another thing I really want to focus on is Ohio State's rushing attack. They had 201 yards on the ground. Also, a lot of balance. You saw a lot of carries from a lot of guys. Maya Williams led Ohio State with nine carries in the game. He, of course, had that 71-yard rushing time. Ohio State and running the wrong way. Yeah, yeah no, I, and we'll, we'll talk about that one just a bit later. Um, and as well, you got Master T coming in there with six carries. Crawley coming in there with six carries. And Henderson as well, another two carries on that three. So, a nice balance, five guys touching the ball. But, yeah, let's go to that. Let's talk a little bit about Mayan Williams. So, he led Ohio State with 125 yards on the ground, 71 of which came on one of his first carries from scrimmage. I think it's very scrimmage. Where he took it all the way down the sideline, put Ohio State in the scoring column, started the game. And Mayan Williams is a three-star recruit coming out of Cincinnati. Now a lot of people thought he'd really come into Ohio State and be able to get a lot of time. Ohio State's known, obviously, for getting those running back, those high-prospect running backs, those blue-chip guys that really can come in and elevate their games. And Mayan Williams wasn't that. He's only a three-star out of Cincinnati. Only a three-star, but in Ohio State standards, a three-star, you know. But Mayan Williams has really made a name for himself coming in after the redshirt freshman this year. He's come in, he took a lot of snaps under center. He took a lot of snaps today and he looked great in his performance. He reminds me a lot of a guy like Maurice Jones Drew. He's only about 5'7, five, 5'8, five, but he's built like 225, 230, runs like a bowling ball, untouchable. It was shown today just clearly that he was faster and stronger than everyone out there on the field. And he talked a little bit in his pro scheme press conference. That was something that was pretty interesting. It's just about that touchdown run. Yeah, no, it was super interesting. We got in the room there, um, and just hearing him talk, um, especially as Burns, you know, his offensive line, it was just funny on that long touchdown run. Uh, he said that he completely went the wrong way. He said he just saw that there was no one on that side, he sprinted to it. Um, that play was designed to go the other way. Um, but hey, Buckeyes will take it. Um, they're not going to complain. Um, really, really balanced attack uh, tonight from the Buckeyes on offense, but especially uh, with balancing between Williams' team. Charlie Henderson um, and Stroud. I mean, the average, they were really efficient on the ground, 7 points. Um, only 48 total plays tonight um, compared to Minnesota 75. Um, I was just kind of a similar by that. I mean, Mayan Williams, I mean, he, he continues to impress. I mean, there weren't a ton of expectations for him going into camp, but I mean, he did have that solid cameo appearance in the playoff against Clemson, and he can't keep working his way up. And he gets all the attention, and Travion Henderson gets. All the attention, those are the big names, but Mayan Williams, he continues to impress, and he did that tonight. Let's look a little bit at some comparing stats between the two schools. Ohio State, nearly 500 total yards, Minnesota just over 400. Ohio State and Minnesota, roughly 200 yards per on the ground, but Ohio State averaged 7.7 yards per rush. Though Minnesota did get three touchdowns rushing the ball as well. So both teams really getting some running going. But despite the fact that Ohio State won by 14 points, Minnesota had more first down plays and was really dominant in the way that they controlled the ball. As I said, Ohio State 
yards, 48 plays rather from scrimmage. Minnesota dominating that statistic, and that's not something you'd expect out of a winning team to lose that badly in terms of how often you're touching the football. And so Ohio State State, despite the fact that they didn't get the ball that many times, and despite the fact that they only had the ball in 48 plays, were really able to put out 45 points, which says a lot about their efficiency in this offense. Well, the Gopher, their game today, I mean, they controlled the ball. 39 minutes compared to 21. Um, they took advantage of turnovers. They had, uh, turnover, or they had one turnover that they were really confident. Uh, they were four for four in the red zone. They did pretty much everything that they needed to do. Um, didn't get a couple things to bounce their way. Um, at the end of the day, team won. But give props to Minnesota. I mean, they put 408 yards. You give props to Minnesota's offensive line. I mean, for, for most of the game until the second half, they, they had great pass protection for Tanner Morgan. That isn't until that, that strip sack where Zach Harrison knocked the ball loose from Morgan and Haskell Garrett took it all away. But Anyways, I mean, Mo Ibrahim, he, he really had a great game. 30 carries, 163 yards. The biggest battle of the game was Ohio State's D-line versus Minnesota's offensive line. It was quite a battle tonight, and Minnesota definitely held their own. Yeah, and speaking a little bit about Mo Ibrahim, he had a great game today, 30 attempts of rushing, 163 yards, around two touchdowns, average 12.5 yards to carry. Really just an influential guy for the Minnesota Golden Gophers, and I remember Minnesota was backed into their own territories on fourth and one. Ohio State was up 10 nothing into the first quarter. And Coach Fleck decided, despite the fact that Minnesota was on their own 29-yard line, they were going to go for it in fourth and one, which is a really risky thing to do. And despite that, Mo Ibrahim got the ball, cut back, and then made 56 yards out of it. Incredible play of energy and effort out of him. But we also saw him towards the end of the game go down with an injury. And, um, the speculation going around Twitter has been that he might have done something to the Phillies, and that's not, never anything you want to hear, no. especially out of a running back of his caliber. He's the only 1,000-yard rusher in the Big Ten, and he had a great game today, and one of the best running backs in the Big Ten, if not the best running back in the Big Ten for this upcoming season. So just one of those guys that you know you may not like Minnesota as a team, you may not root for him, but he's, he's one of those players that you respect. You really respect a lot. The way he plays and the way he runs, and it's, it'd just be a shame if it was a serious injury. Coach Fleck in the post-game interview didn't comment on anything. He didn't really know much about it, but the speculation on Twitter so far has been that it's Achilles injury, and we just got to all hope that he's okay. And that was a big moment in that game. The momentum towards Ohio State kind of shifted there, um, and he wasn't really able to do anything after that. Mostly it was just Wiley and Potts taking the ball. Um, Potts ended up uh, 10 attempts for 34 yards in the second half. Um, Ohio State didn't have a rusher with more than 10 attempts. Um, which kind of surprised me. Um, Minnesota had two with Ibrahim with 30 and then Potts with that. Yeah, Minnesota had rushed the ball 50 times, uh, 50 times running the football today. That's double the amount of times they passed the ball. And we know that uh, Coach Flynn wanted to establish the run. We saw um, when he was at Western Michigan that their big thing was running the football down their throat. They were going to run the football. They had all the talent uh, on that team. They're they playing guys uh, that, you know, they had a big receiver, I think, Davis on that team. They had uh, Cooper Rush throwing the football. They, they had guys on that Western Michigan team that were really talented and made plays, but um, just like they have Tanner Morgan, they got some guys on the outside that can really make play on this team for Minnesota, but um, their identity, their bread and butter is sticking to the run game. They really did that tonight. And they ran down the clock, and that was the best chance they were going to have of beating this Ohio State team, but 
realistically, Ohio State a tough challenge. Minnesota played their heart out. They played the best game they could. And it just still didn't seem like it was enough against Ohio State, which I think says a couple things about both teams. One, Minnesota's a great team. They're going to be a great team. They're going to be a good team this year. I think it's going to be a different story than it was in 2020. And they're going to write the ship a little bit. Ohio State's a tough draw at the beginning of the year, but um, they should be in better shape. And two, I think it says that Ohio State's got resilience. It's a, it's a tough test right off the bat. Ohio State usually gets a cupcake here in Minnesota at, you know, on the road at Minnesota in a packed stadium, which you haven't seen fans in two years in the rain on a Thursday night. Like that's, that's a tough game, especially a conference game right off the bat to start the year with a quarterback who's, you know, never thrown a collegiate pass. So um, all those things I think are just really important to consider, especially going into next week. I mean, Minnesota, for most of the game, they did what they had to do. I mean, offensively, they were able to milk a lot of time off the clock. And second quarter, they had that big interception. I said beforehand that I have to force mistakes from most of you, and they did that early on. But I'm, there's just too much talent there for Ohio State offensively, and that's why Ohio State ended up pulling it off. Not a bad effort for Minnesota. Some are saying they could win four games. Some are saying they could win eight games. You have to have reason for optimism if you're a Gophers fan. Especially with uh, another war, one of those more traditional normal games next week. They they welcome the Red Hawk in Miami, Ohio, in the town. I would expect PJ Fleck, as he said, to write the ship boat, if you will, um, next week. You got me. I should have gone. <laughs> Ohio State next week also faces a very, very tough test, a really tough schedule for Ohio State right off the bat, going away to Minnesota on Thursday night in the nighttime. Um, with the rain coming down, that's a tough test. So I have to pass that one. But we, they face off against Oregon, which is a top 15 ranked team, one of the best teams in the country. They come in with a lot of experience in the defensive line and, you know, a pretty solid team on the Pac 12. And it's definitely going to be a test. Ohio State was supposed to face them last year, but obviously due to COVID, that fell through. So this year, Ohio State's actually going to face Oregon. And it's going to be a tough top 10 matchup right away, right to start the season. And it's going to be interesting to see if Ohio State's prepared for it. This was definitely a good tune-up game to get ready for that one. Minnesota's a hard opponent, but Oregon's a different beast. And uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how that one plays out. For the offensive line, I mean, they passed a day's test with flying colors. I mean, Stroud, he, was, he really was never under siege for any substantial time today. The run blocking was great, but they're facing a way better defensive line next week. Minnesota's run defense was not very good last year. They weren't. Very good tonight, but Oregon, they have the pass rush. They have the stars up front. This is going to be a great battle up front between Owen offense and Oregon's game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I cannot wait to get back to Columbus for a neuter um, against Oregon. Uh, very, very exciting. But also, I'll be looking there on the other side, too, is Oregon. Marcus Mariota tends to play some tempo, with some tempo, um, which I think will be interesting um, with a lot of these young guys. It'll change. Hey, we, yeah. saw, we saw um, young guys like Burke really challenge um, and some guys stepped up to the plate, um, and some guys didn't for a period of time. It took a little bit of time for them to settle in. Um, that veteran presence of Josh Proctor has to be an anchor for this defense, um, and especially that defensive line. Um, some of these guys that have been here for a couple of years, like Zach Harrison. Yeah, speaking of veteran presence... Let's go a little bit into that Ohio State defense. Let's talk about Haskell Garrett and Zach Harrison and that play that really changed the entire momentum of the game because it was 20, I believe it was 24 21. 
You're correct. Yeah, yeah. 24, 20, yeah, yeah. 24 21 Ohio State over Minnesota. Minnesota is starting to claw their way a little bit back into the game, maybe even take the lead on this possession. And off the edge flies Zach Harrison and comes up with a huge strip sack. And Haskell Garrett, the big man that he is with his nimble feet and agility, as he talked about in the post-game interview, <laughs> came down the field. He says and ran. big guys can't run. Yeah, <laughs> he he certainly got you know chugging along, got his way to the end zone, scored a touchdown. It was a momentum play. Took the game to a whole new level for Ohio State. They opened up a double-digit lead that they never relinquished. So Ohio State really capitalized on that play, and that was a sense of two veterans to this team. Zach Harrison, who we like the Ohio State fans have all been waiting for him to step into this role, really come in and be that next type, even though he doesn't want to be compared to it. He's coming into that next type, following the footsteps of the Bosa brothers and shape time to be that next edge rusher guy and Haskell Garrett. People were surprised he even came back this year. He got that extra year of eligibility because of COVID. He's come back. He's been a key factor in this Ohio State defense for a few years now. And today showed it. It was strong up front and really caused a lot of issues up front for Minnesota and was a big presence of what Ohio State was doing today. And that play especially really capitalized on that. Yeah, Harrison ended up with a three tackle. And, and another unsung year today was was Ronnie Hickman. Yeah, he had 11 tackles, five of them solo. He really had a solid game out of the bullet position. And Ohio State, they, they really were switching up the linebackers and the safeties because there were times where, where, where Josh Proctor was a, effectively a, a linebacker. So you never know, you never knew what would look Ohio State's defense was going to show you. But I like the scheming from OSU today. I also want to go back to this one play that we saw that was just a little bit shocking to all of us when we watched Ransom came out of right field, lays down a humongous hit on a Minnesota receiver. I forget what player it was. I think it was number 22. It was, uh, was it Stevenson? Yeah, it was uh, Brown Stevens. Brown Stevens. Brown Stevens. So Lathan Ransom comes out there and lays down a shot, and the Minnesota crowd was like, how is that not targeting? But when we saw the replay, you could clearly see that he led with the shoulder and hit him with the shoulder pad first before it deflects up to the helmet. Just a bang-bang play and lays him out cold, forces a fumble, and then Ohio State recovers it and just a huge momentum boost for that play too. And Lathan, Lathan Ransom is one of those guys that is going to come in and have to play a huge role in this Ohio State. It's just necessary for the safety, for the safety position. It's just necessary for... Uh, Ohio State have a guy like that who can show up and play big, you know, big time plays for Ohio State. And today he really did that. Though the stats won't show it, that that one forced fumble was really key to Ohio State to victory today too. I mean, it, it definitely was. I mean, in the secondary, nothing was really certain outside of Seven Banks being the number one corner and Crocker the number one safety. Regardless of who you're talking about, like someone has to step up there, and 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 that's what's holding back. From Ohio State being a legit national title contender, Ohio State wants to win a national championship. Some guys from the secondary need to step up, especially as far as what. Yeah, had injuries at the position historically, so to have a guy like Lathan Ransom, you can plug in and play. I mean, he only had he had three tackles today, he had two solos. But that fourth fumble, that um, they talked about a little bit in the uh, post game press conference, deuces off the bench. When you lay down a hit like that that's legal, you separate it from the ball, and especially when the booth over the fumble, that's a huge energy boost for both your offense and your defense. 
because um, your offense wants to go out and beat that. And we talk a little bit about how Ohio State secondary has to improve over the course of this year, but let's look a little bit down at the stats and what they did today. Yeah. And uh, Tanner Morgan's a very good quarterback. He's one of the better quarterbacks in the Big Ten. He's capable of throwing the football. Last year, a little bit of a down year, but still one of the better quarterbacks in the Big Ten. Only 14 to 25 today, 205 yards, touchdown. Decent game, nothing special, but really wasn't lighting anyone up. And he, Ohio State looked to really have him in check. Only allowed five receivers to have receptions. Um, it, I mean, Ohio State really played a solid game defensively. And that's secondary. They're missing seven banks all game, too. So they're missing their top two corners. And Ohio State's already kind of low at depth in that secondary anyway. So guys like Denzel Burke, who's freshman, is really getting you know heavy minutes out there. And Ohio State secondary held up. They met the challenge. And that says a lot about what this team's going looking like going forward. Uh, if this is their worst defensive performance, like this is, this wasn't a phenomenal defensive performance. No, stretch. no. Giving up 31 points to a Minnesota Gophers offense that isn't great to begin with isn't amazing, but solid, but not great. But nonetheless, you feel encouraged about the fact that a lot of players who weren't even supposed to get playing time today really stepped up and made big plays. And that's what Ohio State's really looking forward, looking to out of a lot of their young players. Obviously, it's a young team. They got a lot of freshmen, a lot of sophomores, a lot of guys who haven't really seen time in these big stadiums filled to the brim with fans. So to pop in, in a you know in a stadium like Huntington Bank Stadium tonight in the rain, packed capacity, and really play the way they did, it says a lot about the team. Yeah, Seven Banks rumored supposedly um, serving an undisclosed suspension. Not sure exactly what that looks like for him. Cleveland.com and a couple other sources um, are projecting that. I'm not exactly sure why he's out tonight. Yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see what the fallout was about Seven Banks. There weren't a whole lot of rumors about him not playing tonight beforehand, but it'll be interesting to see what the fallout is with him. Yeah, he was on the field. Um, he just didn't participate. Maybe a crucial part to the Ohio State secondary this year. He didn't play today, but I'm sure he'll play over the course of the season. And He was one of those guys who came back and was expected to really take that big role, kind of the way Sean Wade was supposed to come back last year and be the number one corner guy. Seven Banks supposed to come back and be that guy, too. And Sean Wade, a lot of people will say, didn't really meet the task. He didn't really meet it when it came to really playing off the edge. That being said, he was a fourth-round draft pick. Uh, he's showing at the NFL level that he's very capable. So uh, regardless of what people will say about what he looks like last year at Ohio State, he's having a, he seems to be already having some pretty good success at the NFL level and getting his opportunities to really make it in some capacity. So... There's that to be said. But Seven Banks is one of those guys who's going to really have to step up this season and make sure that Ohio State can go out there, hit the ground running, and defensively can cover in the secondary, which was a little bit of a weak point for Ohio State last season. So um, Seven Banks not playing today hurt Ohio State a little bit, but based on the stats alone, the secondary held up. Not bad. Not bad. Not a bad performance at all. Um, Let's also talk a little bit about just some concepts, some Trends that we're going to look at in this Ohio State offense moving forward. I thought uh, Ryan Day really loves to pass pass the football, but the, the thing he loves to pass about more than passing the football is running the football and running it with authority. And what we saw last year is that we knew that Ohio State would field pass the ball over the field against any team. They could anytime they wanted to. But tonight, um, without fields there, with this commanding presence they got on the ground, Ohio State was able to run the football with ease. They ran the ball 26 times, passed the ball only 22. And it showed that maybe that's a trend for this year, that Ohio State's going to be a very balanced attack, which they normally are. But um, that seems to be a trend that's still holding up over time. 
I mean, you have to wonder if it was just because, you know, Stroud's first start, it was a crappy day for throwing the ball. But Ohio State, they have that great offensive line. They have the depth that running back. I mean, Williams is supposedly the least talented guy in that unit, but he had such a big game today. But you wonder what this portends for the future. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially with, like, rushing. It's, like, in a platoon attempt. We haven't really seen that in a while since uh, the combination of Weber and Dobbins. Um, kind of saw some split time last year um, with Trent, but not really till the end of the year. Um, but it's really, really balanced attack. I mean, both passing and rushing. I mean, if you look, I mean, you can't really fault the day where Stroud is 293 yards before touchdown. Um, you can't really fault that. Same with a rushing attack. I mean, when you put up 200 yards, a lot, uh, 200 yards, 300 yards passing, like, it's a relatively balanced attack. Yeah, and CJ Stroud really did get a tune-up start, you know, for his first time playing football in a couple of years. He really just got in there to go play football and was facing a tough Minnesota defense, tough environment, with packed fans in the rain. And he wouldn't have known that it was his first start. At the beginning, it was a little slow, but as the game picked up, he really looked more comfortable. And I think that's just a trend that you know, Ohio State fans will expect to see out of them. Ohio State fans expect excellence. And um, yeah, while they Ohio expected State, them to win a national championship each, each year plus 50. And while, well, you know, while this game wasn't perfect, I think it says a lot about the team that they were able to come out there in, you know, in the conditions that it was at with the players and the personnel that they had and just show some success. I mean, CJ Stroud, I think, was the center point of that. And I really expect Ryan Day to open up the offense a lot more as the season goes on. We didn't see a lot of guys that thought we would. Um, this season, um, I don't think we saw Ameka Ibuka at all in this game. I don't think we saw no. Marvin Harrison Jr. at all. I, think, I expect to see those guys a lot more as the season goes on. And while Ohio State's got ridiculous receiver depth, those are guys that should expect to see more playing time as the season goes to. Right. I mean, we, we really didn't see Ibuka or Marvin Harrison. That just shows you how deep the OSU receiving core is. I mean, they're pretty much set with Olave and Wilson. Those guys are that good, but there's so much depth there that. They have so many options. If one of those two does fall, I think we're Yeah, and that's even after Jameson Williams transferred to Alabama. It's now starting there. I mean, this this wide receiver board is ridiculous. It's the most talented, in in my opinion, most talented wide receiver. Probably one of the most talented wide receiver rooms I've um, in all my time covering college football. And another person we didn't really see a whole lot of that I thought we'd see some time from was Julian Fleming. Um, he was yeah, the, I didn't see him at all. No. Yeah, he was the number one receiver in the 2020 class. Ohio State's really excited to have him out on the field and really give him those opportunities to succeed as a Buckeye. But he's the number fourth ranked receiver on this depth chart, and um, he didn't really see a whole lot of the field today. But I did see a lot of two tight end sets out of Ohio State, which I thought was interesting. Really bringing in Ruckert and Stover. Uh, Kate Stover moved over from linebacker to tight end. See, giving those two players some opportunities to. Uh, run some two tight end sets and run some strong jumbo packages inside of the run game. But I was surprised I didn't see a lot of five receiver sets get some players like Fleming out there on for some more snaps. And um, but we'll we'll see. Maybe you know Coach Day's keeping the game plan pretty tight knit and short and small, and he's going to open it up as the season goes on. Well, you know what else is really interesting? Travion Henderson, that seventy yard touchdown run. Um, that was just that little screen pass. Little bit. What does it look like with? How can he involve in the passing game? I know we talked about it at that point, but to have a weapon like him that was burnt to speed, but we saw a flash of it tonight um, in that on that 70 yard uh, little pass and little touchdown. Um, just a little flutter, 
Well, flair. We love it. Um, got a little bit of burst. And Travion Henderson, we, we, his numbers weren't great running ball. Of course, he had that big exception, but we, we've seen firsthand already his speed. Everyone's talked about his speed, but he showed it tonight. He was able to get out of a couple jams in the few carries that he had. He, he had a great run in that touchdown. I mean, he's, he's, he's unreal already. I mean, he had two carries. A couple yards. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's seven solid. 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 Yeah. That's pretty solid. I don't know if that's bad. That's pretty not, solid. I'm not, not saying it's bad at all. I mean, when he did have the ball, he looked pr- pretty impressive. Weaving through tackles and all that. Very speedy guy. Yeah, he, and he's doing kick returns too. So, you know, Coach Day already sensing the type of speed this guy has. It'll be interesting to see how he gets more involved as the season goes on because honestly, Maya Williams looked like the most complete back out on the field. And I don't know what kind of room that's going to leave for Master Teague, who was the lead back last year before Trey Sermon really overtook him. And with Sermon now in the NFL, Teague's back, but Maya Williams is really stepping up and taking on that role. And uh, we saw a lot more Maya Williams, and it looked like Maya Williams is here to stay. He really looks like the lead back. He looks like the guy that Ohio State's going to run with. And he kind of ran a little bit to me, reminded me a little bit of how Carlos Hyde ran when he was back here at Ohio State. A little bit of a different running style, but they ran in the sense that, it, but like in between tackles, they run very similar. So it'll it'll be interesting to see what he kind of looks like and how his career pans out and what he'll look like over the course of the season as well. But um, Ohio State picking up the victory tonight, forty-five to thirty-one. Any final thoughts that you have before we close out tonight? Yeah, just hanging on to what you just. I love the move, like having him uh, return kicks. That's a very very Urban Meyer esque thing to do. Make the freshman go on a special teams that he's got that quick little juke. He just puts around his move it. Love having him back there. Um, I don't want to say serving time to that, but it's good to have such an explosive weapon there, uh, returning kicks. I mean, defensively, there's still things they need to patch up. Although, t- tonight, I don't think there's any major weaknesses, like anything that made, that made you think, oh boy, this is going to be a problem this whole year. I mean, Minnesota did have some success running the ball, but secondary did not play a bad game. And most importantly, C.J. Stroud, he's going to be he's going to be great. He had a little bit of growing pains throughout the first half, but he really settled in and played a great game. Well, thank you all to everyone who came in and joined us here on Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio. This was your production tonight of Scarlet and Gray Sports Recap, where we got to talk about tonight's game, Ohio State, the number fourth ranked team in the country, picking up, picking up the victory in Minneapolis, Minnesota. 45 to 31. I'm Max Cohn. My partners, Murphy Horning and Nathan Verstappel. On behalf of both of them, I'm going to say good night. Thank you all to everyone for listening. And make sure to stay tuned out to our next broadcast of Ohio State football on Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio at noon next week on September 11th, where the Buckeyes will be taking on the Oregon Ducks here at Ohio Stadium. So thank you to everyone for joining us. And we'll see you next time.